0: Just because we get around Talking about my generation Things they do look awful Talkin' bout my generation I'm about to die before I get old Talking about my generation we'll
1: Welcome to talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast for the Nintendo generation. We are going to talk tonight, uh, we are actually here, I've got me, Doug Abel here, and I've brought along Andre Smith to come back and join me again. Hello, Andre. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> and tonight we're going to kind of talk about a couple of things. Uh we are going to cover the big one. We're going to cover since it's, we're going into Christmas. It's December. We, you know, we figure we got to talk a little bit about Christmas stuff. So we're going to do what I would potentially call the Grinch's cubed. <laughs> we're going to cover the '66 version, which I know we've covered it back a couple of years back on the podcast here, but we're going to go over it again. We're going to cover the live action version with Jim Carrey just a little bit, and then we're going to also talk about well. The new one with Doctor Strange as the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> the Master of the Mystic Arts, uh, Grinch. <laughs> yes. Sherlock is the Grinch. Yeah. Sherlock <laughs> is the Grinch, right? So, uh, but we did want to start real quick because this is this is important to both of us. Uh, what was it? couple days ago maybe a week ago and I know that we've kind of been lagging a little bit due to Thanksgiving uh, but at the age of 57 Steven Hillenburg has passed away and for those who don't know Steven Hillenburg had it really was a huge influence on Nickelodeon and really did a good job and for what you're asking well Steven Hillenburg was the creator of the character none other known as SpongeBob SquarePants Um, oh go ahead oh no i was gonna say go right ahead i know that you you are a huge fan of spongebob squarepants well i i i don't because wow let me see
0: where to start because i was thinking spongebob was after my childhood but i was in college so that was the first time i saw and heard of him and you know wanting to be an animator uh I still watch cartoons, you know, even back in college. And, and even now I still watch cartoons, even though I'm not an animator and I don't want to get into the business anymore. But, I mean, Spongebob to me was like like a major, I mean, it was one, It was at a time when, you know, during, a, during the 90s it seemed like that's when everybody came out with something that was just new and off the wall, and Spongebob was just no different. I mean, in that sense, it was just like... It, you had The Simpsons, but then you had South Park that pushed the envelope. Well, you had Animaniacs. Well, SpongeBob pushed the envelope a little further. So for me, I think that's where I rank him. Well, I shouldn't even say Animaniacs. I mean, maybe Ren and Stimpy pushed it further first, and then yeah, SpongeBob. That that would probably be the best way to put it.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at Ren and Stimpy, you know, John Chris Felucci was kind of the fan of the gross out comics and the gross out cartoons. Yeah, Which, you know SpongeBob really wasn't that. It was it was quirky. It was off the wall. Some of the stuff. I, I mean, I'll be honest. There was a lot of stuff that was put into SpongeBob that was for adults. Yeah, um, yeah. But then like, if you look at
0: where he came from as well, I mean, uh, Joe Murray's from Rocko's Modern Life. I mean, it was
1: you could obviously see where a lot of the influence came from. Oh yeah, I mean, one of my absolute favorite lines, and I still don't know how they snuck it past the censors on this one. And it was it was I forget what exactly it had to do with it, but SpongeBob and Patrick are sitting around and they're they're trying to do advertising and, and Patrick yells out, Let's get naked. <laughs> <laughs> and I went. Oh, wait, he's saying let's get naked, and then SpongeBob looks at him and goes, "No, that only works in real estate." And it was clearly, it was it was clearly a line that was referencing American Beauty. Uh, yeah, it was the whole thing of him uh, of the, you know the the people sleeping together with Benning and the guy. There. Yeah, so it was kind of like, and just the way it was said, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and, and I was, "Whoa, I can't believe that even got in there." <laughs> I think my favorite ones, there had to be, I think
0: there are three on my list of favorites. And, and it was obviously Band Freaks, for the obvious reasons. Yeah. And I, I know there's a petition going around. I mean, who? I doubt if it'll ever actually happen, but hopefully it will, because I would love to hear that song actually being played at the Super Bowl, rather than any. Whatever special guest they have performing at the Super Bowl, I rather much rather hear that song. But you know how that goes. You know, you can sign a bunch of petitions, and it, it usually doesn't really work in in, in most of case, most cases. You know, so, you know
1: what they would probably do. What the NFL would probably do is they would probably have it come on like before. They they do some little special thing, show it, say, "Here we played it at the Super Bowl." Don't yeah, to, yeah. You know, hey, we played it at the Super Bowl. So cool. Everybody have that chance. You know. Right. 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 And then there was the, um, Oh crud.
0: What was the episode called? Um, it was the, uh, again, the Krusty Krab pizza episode. That was, <laughs> that has to be, just has to be one of the most outrageous episodes. When you see rocks, you know, riding on rocks. I mean, yeah. it's just to me that, that had, I, I mean, I, I just laughed my head off on that one. and, I think my third favorite would have been is is the um, episode um, Sailor Talk. That had to be quite possibly, I, and I know the Powerpuff Girls did it, and I love both that both of those episodes because of that. But I don't know who did it first. Yeah. But I know, I mean, the Powerpuff Girls episode, I it, it, and and the SpongeBob episodes are just classic episodes of of just off-the-wall cursing, and, and you don't even know, I mean, oh, yeah. even though Tiny Toons did it at first, too, technically with yeah. Buster and Foulmouth, but still, it was just one of those episodes where you know they're probably not saying anything, but they're, use, they're replacing all of the sound, I mean, with all of the words, with uh, sound effects, with dolphin noises and whatnot, and I just thought that was just
1: pure genius. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean you know, the fact that they had so much that was just bizarre and out there with it like you know you had spongebob going spongebob and patrick going and riding on the hooks for example yeah or or the other the one thing that really kind of bothered me that made me wonder and i i still to this day don't get it but they were under the water they were in bikini bottom and they went to the beach yeah and there were waves (laughs) at the beach underneath the water i'm like
0: how the hell does that work? <laughs> or how fire works? I mean, exactly. so, the, the law of physics just just went out the window. You know, which is what like, which is what animation is supposed to be.
1: There are no physics that yeah. you ignore the rules. Yeah, you know, it's just it was a lot of goofy things. And I mean, even when they brought in Sandy and Sandy's there, and it's you know, you start getting the whole people are you know they're drying out from being out of water. Yeah, <laughs> that was goofy, and I got it, and I'm like, okay, this makes more sense to me. But they're still going to the beach underwater. Okay. Or when they works. became
0: more realistic when they when they went out of water that first time. And Sandy's a real squirrel. Mr. Krabs a real oh. crab. Oh. And, and SpongeBob is a real sponge. So I mean to me it was that quirky that quirky off the wall humor that made it such an icon in my opinion well, that it, it it made it a phenomenon
1: and the fact that they've had two movies that made it into theaters the first one being that they actually yeah. got you know they got david Hasselhoff yeah. show up for his <laughs> baywatch role you know. <laughs> It was just classic little stuff like that. So, you know, our hats off to you, Mr. Hillenberg. You will be missed, and that's that's a given. You know, I know Nickelodeon's already put that out there. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's going to be some tributes at, at Comic Con this year coming up. You know, we'll we'll have to see. I, I, you know, I would love to go. We'll see what happens. I have my press pass going through. Oh, hopefully, awesome! Hopefully, I can get it. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. If I get press pass, there will be podcast recordings of it. <laughs> Awesome! I if, the, if
0: if the Dallas Comic Con, I, I'm sure the Dallas Comic Con will be here next year. But if anything, and I I I'll have to wear my SpongeBob costume if Tom Kenny's here because oh, yeah. that I have to admit that was the only reason that I began um, making my own costumes for Halloween because I always thought, wait a minute, the SpongeBob costumes out there that are available. You know, they suck. Well, and, it's no, and there's no hit at Nickelodeon or anyone. and But in the people who made SpongeBob outfits or made attempts, to me, I just thought I could do better. And oh, he was the yeah. first costume I made. And it worked. And to me, and a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they go, that's still your best uh, costume. So, yeah. I mean, and it still works. So, I mean, uh, apparently I made it the last for a good while. So... That that was a huge influence for me, so I can't I can't go without saying that.
1: Well, I'll say at least your at least your SpongeBob doesn't look like the Wood Rocket porn ones that I've seen. From <laughs> if you've seen it, it's like no, no, oh my god, my eyes! Okay, it's like you can't unsee it. Exactly. That you know this is that's what Rule Thirty Four is all about for the internet, folks. You know, there are things out there. You know, Rule Thirty Four is basically saying. Yeah, if, there is, if you can think of sex with it, there is a video of it. Somewhere. There is a video on a, um, and it, yeah, or drawing. Yeah, let's leave it at that. You don't want to see some of this stuff. I guarantee yeah. you don't want to see <laughs> some of the <this> stuff. <laughs> Ah, that is great stuff So, let's go ahead and move on here We'll, we'll go ahead and start talking about Our Grinch's Cubes <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's our nice segue right in uh, So we're going to start off with the 1966 version Of the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and this is the original Dr. Seuss version, uh, Theodore Geisel, who actually used to live here in San Diego, where I'm at. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, he actually used to live down in La Jolla, uh, so ah. if, if, for anybody who's ever out here, you can actually go. They have uh, the Theodore Geisel Museum that is up at uh, University of San Diego, or University of California, San Diego, uh, UCSD. They actually have a library dedicated to him, and it looks... For lack of a better way to describe it, it looks kind of like a giant jellyfish up there. Oh, wow. It, it, you have this, like, post that comes up out of the ground. It kind of goes up, and the whole thing, the whole library is up on top of this thing. and It, it looks really bizarre, but it's it's kind of supposed to be modern art. Uh, Interesting, but it actually is. It's really kind of a cool. It's kind of a cool place. They have uh, some of his some of his books on display there. You know, some of his sign works, and it's it's kind of neat to see. It's you know, it's there. But anyway, uh, Theodore Geisel had part in this one here for the sixty six version of it. Uh, He actually worked with uh, Chuck Jones. Which, if you look at a lot of the animation out there for Tom and Jerry, you'll you'll notice that it's very very similar, and you're kind of going, "I know, I've seen this stuff before." Well that's why you have the Chuck Jones Animation Studios that was going through with it. Uh,
0: and if you don't know who Chuck Jones is by now, uh, you, you, you know his work from the Looney Tunes, from the, the three-parter, well, uh, I shouldn't say three-parter, but the trilogy, uh, um, rabbit season, duck season cartoons of with Daffy, D- uh, Daffy, uh, Elmer, and Bugs, and he created Marvin the Martian and Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. He directed... What's Opera Doc I mean And Feed the Kitty Which is one of my favorites as well With Mark Anthony And Pussyfoot I mean Tons of Pepe Le Pew as well I mean The the, green faced witch That shows up Yeah Witch Hazel I mean And he's known for The breaking the fourth wall with those subtle looks, I mean, to me, that was was genius. I mean, you could get such a
1: huge laugh with those subtle looks at the screen. Yeah, and really, that was kind of what the whole thing with this version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas was about, was that there was a lot of that fourth wall breaking where he's looking and talking to the audience, and you see these devious looks. You know, especially like when it shows him and he's getting ready to steal the Christmas tree and steal the roast beast and all these things. <laughs> and how annoyed he is. And you just see it. Yeah. You know, the evil coming out of it. That is what Chuck Jones' style was about. About, wow, yeah. You know, I got to say, I loved, I loved, loved, loved this version. It's, it's only like a half hour long. Uh, and, you know. I want to say CBS had it for a long, long time. Yeah, CBS had it for an extremely
0: long time. I mean, God, what maybe, uh,
1: maybe for the past thirty or twenty years. I think at that point. Yeah, I mean, it just it went on for a long time, and they they had the rights for it. It has since been given up and other people have aired it i've seen it on right. form you know during their 25 days of christmas well back when it used to be abc family so right you know it's, it's been around for a while <laughs> uh, but freeform has had it we've i've seen it on um oh god CD- i've seen like, it on nbc a handful of
0: times yeah you know uh abc a handful of times as well so it's made its way around
1: yeah and it's one of those things that it's just it's a classic that everybody kind of has to watch at christmas and it's kind of nice because now everybody knows it's a classic so even if you miss it on a channel odds are you're gonna be able to pick it up on somewhere else to see it yeah it it, 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 it horses itself around apparently oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's one of my favorites. I I love the artwork. I love Cindy Lou Who in this version of it. You know, she's she's barely able to walk. It's kind of a toddler version of her, mm-hmm. you know, and she's very cute. And it's kind of a I kind of got the feeling like at the very end of it with the whole you know God bless us all because Christmas came even without the even with them not having anything, not having a tree, not having you know the toys and and. All the gifts to give around and everything, and the right. you know the food, it's all it was all about basically what Christmas is supposed to be about. It's about, supposed to be about correct, you know, being with people and celebrating. That's what Christmas is about, folks. Okay, it's not, you know, it's not about who can get the the cabbage patch doll or who can get the Furby for the kids. It's not about that shit. <laughs> and and I think that
0: that was I think. I mean because Charlie Brown Christmas does it too it, it, it's more about commercialism yes. I mean and, and you can see that message you know on on, on in both specials it, it mainly deals with commercialism and I think that's why it speaks out you know and it sends that message out of you know it comes without boxes or bags it, you know it's, yeah. it's all about, it's more than just that. And I think even Charles Schultz mentioned it, and maybe Chuck Jones maybe have said something about it, but obviously they were on the same page. I don't know which came out first, but they were obviously, you know, seeing something that everybody else wasn't and decided to make something
1: special about it. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it is just to point out and just make people realize that Christmas is, about people it's about who you care about you know and being with everybody that don't don't make it for anything else other than what it is it's than what it is yeah yeah there's a whole religious aspect of it if that's if that's your goal fine go for it if you're yeah
0: goal is if that's your thing no big deal so what yeah but you know it, it was about the, the message i think is like you said is even just more about
1: the people you hang out with, the people you're with. It's it's basic. It's be happy. You know that's right. really what it is. Be happy with the people that you're around, enjoy your life with them. That's really what what it gets down to. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know, and you know, we kinda see that as we move on to the two thousand version with Jim Carrey, which I really wondered how this was gonna go because, you know, when I first heard, Oh, they're gonna do a movie about how the Grinch stole Christmas and it's gonna be a feature length film, I'm like Good God! How the hell are they going to pull this off? Yeah, and that was something that I said when I first saw
0: it all those years ago, and 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 let it be known, and and I admit it, I express it freely.
1: I'm not a huge fan of when
0: your source material is only three or four. Well, I shouldn't say three or four pages. Maybe fifteen to twenty pages, maybe twenty five pages tops. I'm sorry. How can you make a movie, you know, a two-hour, hour-and-a-half, two-hour movie based on that source material unless you, you know, create some filler? I mean, and, and, and it, I think that's the huge, the biggest difference between the Chuck Jones classic and the movie. And, and, and even Ron Howard, who directed the movie, said, look, we're, we know that exists. We're not trying to do that. We're going to do our own thing. And you know what? More power to you. But... Even to me, unless you have the Creator on hand and He's creating the new material, then I think that's when it, when 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 it really counts, when it really matters. If you have no one if you don't have the creator or even the creator's family involved then you're making the material and you're just doing whatever in my opinion i mean it, yeah. we see it in anime all the time you know the creator the the the, the series the animation the anime is, is tends to jump ahead of the actual manga and that's typically because the the uh, artist and the writer haven't gotten to that point yet so
1: the TV, I mean, the animation studio creates the filler, basically. Yeah. And I, I will say this. For what they did for the story, because I've seen it, <laughs> again, I've probably seen this damn movie, you know, a hundred times. And it's because they, they play it every goddamn weekend on yeah. platform. <laughs> um, it, it's, you know, it's it's... It, it's it's what they show. Instead of showing a Harry Potter movie for for Christmas on the weekends on Freeform, it's The Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, yeah. so, um you know. And, and here's the thing: is that I, Jim Carrey, does a wonderful job at this. I, I, he's obnoxious. He is everything that he's supposed to be. And the sad thing is, is I gotta say that from what I understand, he's like that in real life too. <laughs> so you know, I mean, the, the guy. I have my issues with the fact that he says that there's... You know, that autism is caused by vaccines and... Oh, vaccines. yeah, yeah. When he went on that rant, and, and... When he went on that rant, he had this, like, big, huge beard. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh, my God. He looked like Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. <laughs> and I just kind of went, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I went, yep, he's he's gone off his rocker. That's it. Jim Carrey has lost it, you know, and... Yeah. Uh, but, you know... All that aside, he did a wonderful job in this film in filling out and, and giving us that filler and putting in these little things, you know. And, and he obviously had a lot of a lot of ad-libs that you can see in the film. Ron Howard kind of just let him go with some of this and just said, right. go, you know, be you, turn yourself on, and then that was it. Um, and, you know. and the unusual thing was he sounded like Sean Connery. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> That was kind of creepy, you know. But the, kind of some funny things with this is because this is all done – this is not a Disney film by any means, even though right. Freeform is Disney-owned. Uh, right. I, I bring this up because Universal Studios – Yeah. Uh, Universal Pictures is actually the one who did this. They have out – if you go out to Universal Studios Hollywood and you take the back lot tour, they take you around. They take you right through Whoville. And, oh, wow. Wow. Oh, it is not very big. <laughs> it is not big at all. It's probably about, you know, I want to say maybe you've got 2,000 square feet, 3,000 square feet for what is Louisville. Now, oh. man, a lot of that's because they pack everything kind of in close to each other. And then when they did the scenes for the films, they were stretching things out a bit and putting, you know, putting screens behind it to make it seem longer and bigger and whatnot. Interesting. Uh, but while they were that's ra- movie magic. Oh yeah, while they were filming it, because Whoville is actually literally right around the corner from the Bates Motel and the Psycho House. Oh, hell, oh my okay. God! It, it's it's right there. Okay, if you come around the backside of the, the side of the Whoville, there's the there's the Bates Motel. Uh, but who <laughs> knew? It's a perfect place for it. Well, one of the things was that Jim Carrey, while he was waiting on set to film, you know, he was, he was supposed to be filming for the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and this is, a lot of this was being filmed like in the summertime and stuff. He would get bored, and so he would go and he would dress up as the mom from Psycho and he'd come screaming out of the house as, as as these people would be driving by and they had no idea who it was. But he would he would come running out of the house with like a knife and start chasing after the bus and they were like they were like terrible like, We don't know what that was. Uh we're moving on and they found out later that it was Jim Carrey dressed up and goofing around and scary. So now well now it's funny because uh, last year, I bought passes for my wife and I to go t- to Universal Studios. So we're taking the tour, and as we come past Toville, we come up to where the uh, Bates Motel is, and all of a sudden we see this guy. And he starts walking out, and he's basically playing as Norman, Norman Bates, there from the Bates Motel, pretending that he just killed you know one of his one of his uh, people in there in the hotel, and is coming on to go kill somebody on the tram. It was, it's great So they, they've obviously Played <laughs> off of this Is the fact that Jim Carrey scared The crap out of people While he was filming. <laughs> and, the and they Christmas. kept it going <laughs> Yeah so it's, it's Kind of a good thing In that respect And, and you know they, they hire like these These guys who are Stunt men to come out And they basically say You know We'll pay you to be An actor out there On the field and, You know Just do this kind of thing And they right. come through it's, it. it's It's very well done And I really appreciate The fact that you, you know Universal has thought About putting in Some little bits like that So That is neat you know it's fun, but all of that came because you know how the Grinch stole Christmas, and he was goofing around and screwing around, and you know making jokes. <laughs> so, now that's that's trivia. I did not know that. See, so there's there's some fun stuff. Now a couple of other bits of trivia with this. I didn't realize this, but everybody who was on set for everybody who was on screen for the Grinch, everybody had a prosthetic. of something. Yeah. You know, either whether it was their teeth or whether it was something around their mouth, their hair pieces, whatever. Everybody had prosthetics on that thing. Right. I thought it was kind of interesting. I'm like, wow. You know, you start to think about it. There was quite a few people. I want to say there was like over 100 people, you know, in the in the cast where you see them on screen. And every day they had to get made up and have these things stuck on their faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good Lord, you know. And that and that's that's no small task. I mean, no. that's
0: hours and hours of makeup.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean that was the thing with Jim Carrey was that they would have to put him into the Grinch suit and he actually went through he had SEALs come up and train him on how to tolerate pain. Um, you know, and basically how to focus on things other than being in pain or being irritated by the Grinch suit. Because wow. he had to be in that Grinch suit, he said, for like ten hours a day. Well, yeah. You know, and basically he'd get there early. They'd start putting it on. It was like three or four hours of makeup just to get all that stuff put on him. And, you know, and then he's got to sit there and suffer in this costume. And, in the heat on top of that. Yeah, you know, I'm just going, oh, my God. So I, I get that. I completely get that. Um, but d- now, did you know this thing, that the movie actually won an Oscar? Really? Yes. It, did? it won an Oscar, and I was looking at this. I'm like, "What the hell would it have won an Oscar for?" It won an Oscar for Best Makeup, which at the time makes complete sense to me. Cause yeah, they, I can see that. There were some awesome makeup jobs in that. You know, I mean, obviously the Grinch being all dressed up in the green and the outfit and everything—they have put it together. I've seen people running around there at Universal Studios dressed as the Grinch for Christmas time, and it looks good. It, It's—I mean, obviously it's. It, it's Universal Studios. They're going to have somebody who can do good makeup for these people, right? Of course, of course. You know, so I mean, it's but you realize that it's not it's not makeup because it's got to hold up to being under lights and being you know out in different temperatures and whatnot. Temperature temperatures, yeah, so and and, and sweat and whatnot. You know, a lot of it is the the you know um, spandex type material they put on. They stretch some hair around it and whatnot. It's it's there for wear, obviously, but they do Damn good job on it, it's, you know. I, I'm very impressed with this one. Um, is it one of my favorite movies of all time? I, you know, I'm, I'm burned out on the damn thing. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, you know, Jim Carrey does a great job. Honestly, I think the dog is better. I like, <laughs> you know, I like, I like Cindy Lou Who better. You know, when I look at her, I, I don't know. she's just this, you know, cute little thing. Taylor Momsen um who has gone on a hot damn uh, I'm looking at her now yeah uh, um, I'm looking at a picture of her now and, and you know she's it's on IMDb she's got the smoky eye look and it's like wow uh, yeah um, so yeah she's, like, she's oh, definitely grown up it's like, is that the same person? It's like, oh, oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, there was there there was a bit like that a couple of years back when I went to Comic Con. There were these two girls called the Winter Twins, and they wrote books. and They they started when they were like ten or eleven years old, and uh-huh. they're still writing these books. And the last time I saw them, they went from these cute cute outfits looking like uh, Sailor Moon and stuff, you know, that type of outfit. Where there are very cute schoolgirl types to these tight, bustier-type things that are, like, you know, latex and tight, and I'm going... (laughs) <laughs> oh, boy. This is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I saw you when you were, like, 10, and now you're, like, 19, and no, this is wrong. I should not be thinking you out, you guys, like that. <laughs> the, the Hannah Montana, I mean, that Miley Cyrus effect. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it's just wrong. It's like, no, I can't. Wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> uh, but, yes, we had, we had the had the Grinch Stole Christmas, and it was... I, you know, for what it was, I thought it was pretty good. You had a lot of good people in there. You had Ron Howard, Ron Howard doing what he uh, he does for all of his movies. He always puts his family in there. He had his brother in the film. Um, well, actually a couple of people. He had Rance Howard, which was uh, the elderly timekeeper. And then he had Jeremy so Howard. Wasn't his daughter in it as well? His daughter was in it. And then okay. also his brother, um, oh God, Clint Howard. Ah, uh, okay. We see Clint Howard all over the place. He was he was the guy in um the water boy who was talking about how he didn't quite have too much of a brain and you know got, <laughs> not, That was him? That was Clint Howard. Holy crap. You know, he was also in Apollo 13 when you see uh when you see them and they're getting ready they're in the um, Mission control there, and he comes up and he starts talking to somebody, and it's like, you know, bald. You see him, and it's just completely bald, fringe hair type thing. That's Ron. That's Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother. Oh, well, heck, i have to look at this stuff again now just because of that. Oh, yeah. You know, Clint Howard shows up in so many things, and it's just – he's kind of like this little – he's kind of just like a utility actor that shows up in all sorts of stuff you know i mean like i said waterboy apollo 13 rock and roll high school um and he was in solo uh, a star wars story cuz obviously you know he oh, yeah. did it so if that's
0: right. Sure was. I remember seeing his name, but I didn't remember what, like, what party played. But okay. I
1: remember did. I did remember seeing his name. Yeah, and he just shows. He like shows up at random just for these little things, and you're kind of like, I know I've seen him before somewhere. Where have I seen him? You know, and he, he gets his work. I'll, I'll give him that. You know, I probably well, yeah. <laughs> Well that was the thing I think
0: even when I saw this movie long ago when it first came out I don't know how old I was I'm sure I was probably back in my late 20s early 30s um, I, I I for some reason it just like uh, I, it, it, and it's not that it's a bad movie it's just my mind can't wrap my I I, I can't wrap my mind around it and it can't grasp it for some reason it's just like no this this just can't work for me I don't I don't I don't get it it's it's just not for me I mean and and I don't have any problem with people who do like it I just like I just for me and I guess part of it is also you know being as old as I am I guess I you know I grew up with the you know the classic Chuck Jones, uh, uh, classic, uh, animated, uh, special. So for me, I guess the movie, it, it, you know, it, I just kind of go whether well, it, it is what it is and people enjoy it and people love it and still, and regard it as a, as, as a, as a great movie and something that they have to look at, you know, during the holidays, just like most other movies, holiday movies.
1: Yeah. You know, it was, how still Good Slow Christmas for this one here, it's, like you said, it's good. You know, I, I will say that it was it was better than the stuff that came later. The And I'm going to bring it up only because they tried to pick up with more of the whole Dr. Seuss thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when they did the cat in the hat. Oh, I never did.
0: I, 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 I chose not to watch. I just, like, no, I can't do it. I, I, I watched it
1: because I wanted to see it. And God help me. Oh. <laughs> You're a better man than I am <laughs> Well okay here's the fact that the the big Selling point the big actress in the film mm-hmm. They had oh yeah it was Mike Myers We had him as the cat in the hat But then what? they had to bring in you know the one person That was kind of supposed to be the hot topic And it was Paris Hilton Oh my god really Yeah and she's Ooh. only in there for like 30 seconds And it's kind of like here's my cameo And I look at me I'm pretty And Mike Myers oh, does brother. this little cat call thing For it and it's like Okay, really, just stop. That was not Ooh, needed. Ever. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. It's bad. <laughs> oh, oh.
0: So, and, and isn't Dan Castellaneta like one of the voices of the uh, – his voice of the fish in this?
1: Uh, in that one, no. It was um, – oh, God. The, 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 the gay guy who plays who, – who's in Will and Grace who runs around is just Jack. I can't. Remember oh, his
0: name. I thought I read somewhere that he was, that Dan Neto was in it somewhere. Either he was one of the things, or either he was the fish. I can't remember which one it was, but yeah. I thought I read that he was somewhere in there.
1: Let me look. As a, yeah. as a voice, he may very well have been a voice in there. But the um, let me see: Spencer Breslin was Conrad, Dakota Fanning was Sally, uh, Sean Hayes was the voice of the fish. Okay uh, Taylor Rice Brittany Oaks Okay Dan Castellaneta Was the voice of Thing 1 and Thing 2 Oh okay So he was both Okay yeah. Okay So Homer Simpson Comes out as Thing 1 and Thing 2 uh,
0: <laughs> I wonder if anyone Could tell the difference And in, 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 you know Could see he hear, it, hear it in his voice Or not
1: Yeah Well I mean He does Dan Castellaneta Does so many Different voices And I mean Oh know, Yeah People don't realize how, how many characters he's done. You know, he's, you know, he does Homer Simpson, Grandpa Simpson, Barney Gumbel. Uh, Megavolt from yeah. Darkwing. And
0: for a while, he was a genie because, and even though, even though people, you know, say, well, he sounded like Homer in that. I think the main reason, from my understanding, that they actually hired him to replace Robin Williams when Disney had that in and he and, when Robin Williams and Disney had that little tiff between each other, was because, from my understanding, Dan Castellaneta is a great improvisational uh,
1: uh, actor. Yes, yes. If you ever hear him, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, he is. It's fascinating how quickly he can come up with stuff and. You know, the fact that he's done so many other things from, from, um, he was in, um, oh. heck, uh, Earthworm Jim, too, for a while. Yeah, you know, I mean, he has, he's had so much stuff. He, um, he was in the, the, uh, Pursuit of Happiness with, um, Wilson. Oh, that's right, yeah. So, Anyway, we're getting off topic with this. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's no, fine. I, I'm just realizing. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about another actor that we that we know and love is famous um, as Sherlock and Doctor Strange and um, the very know. host of *Hogwarts*. Uh, it's it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, <laughs> I you know I love him as Doctor Strange. I've seen him as you know. I, I've seen him as Sherlock. I have to say I hated him as, as uh, Khan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You oh, know. God. I forgot all about <laughs> you know, I, I, I forgot was, completely yeah. about that. He sure was. You know, but it was like, ah, uh, I, I hate him as Khan. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, let's not talk about that one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it was what it was, but... Anyway, he comes back and he does the the twenty eighteen version of the Grinch, and I have not seen this film yet. I, I probably won't. If, if from what I've seen the reviews and from what I read on your Facebook post was that it's kind of one of these things to just wait and pick it up on Redbox or or even wait for like Netflix.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're you're not missing anything. Here's the thing. Visually, it's beautiful. It truly is. It's visually very, very well thought out. Very bright, very colorful. I mean, and very susian. So, uh, if, if that's the word, if you want to use that word, um, even the gadgets that he uses to steal Christmas with, and go in to steal, a steal everyone's Christmas with, brilliant. I mean, it's very, very Seuss inspired. I mean, you would think, you know, wow, somebody really must have, you know, worked closely with Dr. Seuss in order to come up with some of these ideas and some of these gimmicks. I mean, and gadgets. And I mean, they're not, you know, you know, these, you know, old, you know tiny-type gadgets. I mean, it, it, it's stuff that, you know, you would probably find today, and he finds a way to use them effectively to, you know, go around and steal everyone's gifts and, and steal all the decorations and everything. So on that level, it's it's great. It's fine. Nothing wrong with that completely at all. Um, here's the thing. I and, and, and Benedict Cumberbatch did do an excellent job. I, I, I was... I was really um into his character, um, personally, and this is just me, and and this is again, this is just probably from what we've experienced in the past. You had Boris Karloff uh, narrating and being the voice of the Grinch as well in the '66 version, but you had Anthony Hopkins who was the voice, who was the narrator in the Jim Carrey version. Well, you had you know um, Pharrell Pharrell <laughs> as the narrator in this version, and you go, wait, what? I mean, nothing against Pharrell, but it's like you really you're kind of throwing it off here by adding that voiceover as a narrator, as a narrator, and yeah, at, and at the same time, I kind of. had wished that Benedict Cumberbatch did use his actual speaking voice for the Grinch, because I think it would have matched up pretty well. Now, the voice that he does use for the Grinch, does he does an excellent job, and I like it, but I really would, I am really curious as to, in in the back of my mind, I'm curious as to how he would have sounded if he used his actual speaking voice, you know, just to hear what it sounded like. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just in the back of my mind, I really would have liked to have heard that just, just to see, just to compare, I guess. Oops, sorry. Um, so, but overall, I mean, those are the, the, those are the positives of it. The, the negatives in my opinion are, um, he's not as mean (laughs) as they try to make him out to be. he's, he's, He's pretty scaled back as far as meanness goes. I mean... He, you know, you, you see it and you, you've seen, you know, in, in the trailers, you know, you know, the guy, the the who comes up to him and says, hello, and Merry Christmas. And he holds down the reef with a candy cane and it catapults the who up into the air. Yeah. I mean, you see him when he knocks the jar, you know, pickles off. I think it was a jar of something off of of a shelf and uh, that the woman at the grocery store was trying to get to. Yeah. That's about as mean as he actually gets. So um, they really, really pull back on him. And I understand, you know, nowadays, you know, it, it's a sign of the times, you know, everyone's, you know, it's it's bullying or it's just frowned upon. So I get it. But you can't be a Grinch without being actual actually mean you know the song says you're a mean one mr grinch so he needs to be mean so i mean that's the whole point of it but um
1: which oh which was another negative thing Uh, i don't know why we had to do this but
0: we had to have a hip-hop version of the you're a mean one mr grinch why i don't know Oh. And that really is just like, oh my God, this is just so painful. I can't do this. So you have those two. You you have those elements that you know that just really turn you off. As you watch the movie, personally,
1: yeah,
0: that's that's just my opinion. Um, the other thing, and I think I think that's also another reason why the Jim Carrey version didn't work with me as well is. They're all trying to find reasons as to why he is the way he is, and I'm the kind of person. Look, you know, some people they have their reasons. Some people they don't. Some people just hate certain holidays or hate certain things. Um, he, he, he hated Christmas. So what I know people who do actually hate Christmas because it's it's a very stressful time of the year, yeah. and they, they just don't like it. And personally. I hate Valentine's Day, and yes, it was before you know I got married. You know, because you know they it, it makes you feel like you're single, you're you're the only one, and you're not a you know a, a person because you don't have a significant other. I hate Easter still. So I mean, even even as a married man, I still hate Valentine's Day, but I hate Easter as well. So it's just those. It's just I think. Trying to give him a reason, and the reason that he hates Christmas in this movie is different from the Jim Carrey movie as well. In Jim Carrey's movie, uh, what he was picked on and bullied a lot, if I remember correctly, um, in this version, spoiler alert, um, it, it's because he was an orphan and he wasn't adopted out. So he spent Christmas alone for his entire life, basically. So wow. that's... Wow. The whole plot line, basically, for the most part.
1: Uh, see, that's that's right. There is you're taking that straight from you know Meet the Robinsons story all over again.
0: Yeah, and and to me, when you start doing that, especially with the Grinch, you're entering Dickens. It's a Christmas Carol uh, territory now. Yeah, because you're going, Oh, why is he this way? And then he redeems himself in the end. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, 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 leave the Grinch as who he is. He was Darth Vader. He 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 just hated everything, you know, he lost everything or whatever, blah blah blah. But he ends up redeeming himself in the end because he realizes that what? You know, it's all it's not about the presence. And again that's the whole thing as we were discussing just earlier. That's the thing that the whole thing that the whole special was all about. It was about commercialism and trying to detract from that and making it almost a Christmas Carol, like type of thing situation. um, You're almost taking away from what the real, what the real message really is. So, I mean, it's, it's good for what it is. I mean, if 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 you have kids and you and you they want to see it it is it's it's not horrible it really isn't but is it worth the money is it worth the time? Nah. I mean, yeah. wait for it. Uh, uh, my advice is usually, you know what? Wait for it when it airs on TV and just have it on in the background type of movie. Basically, yeah. you're not missing anything really.
1: Yeah, I mean, like there's there's some movies that everybody should get out there and see this this holiday season. You know, I mean, me personally, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote, I'm gonna pitch out there, if you haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, go see it, it's wonderful Uh absolutely incredible, Freddie Mercury um, you know, the guy who does it uh, Rami Malek, who is from Mr. Robot, uh, does a wonderful job as Freddie Mercury, and it will it will rip your heart out and step all over it and then put it back in, and you'll be like oh my god, (laughs) you want to cry at the end because of how well it is, but that's that's something for another day we can come (laughs) over and talk about that movie later on, but you know, it's I get it. The whole commercialism of, you know, the way things are going with this, the, the commercialism that we're seeing here in this movie, I, I get it. That's probably why a lot of people hate Christmas. Why You know, I, I I know that's kind of why I hate Valentine's Day and why I keep pushing my wife to say, hey, you know, we're going to celebrate. If I have to celebrate Valentine's Day, then damn it, we're going to celebrate Steak and Nobber Day, too. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, and you try to explain it to somebody and they're like, you know, I tried to explain it to her and she goes, What is steak and day? And I had to show her and she's like <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> well, you know I'm willing to buy you flowers and candy, you know, I want steak and a knobber. Can I have it? Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know No, but I mean and again, I get it, you know, and and, and, and to try to force You know, and and I guess I shouldn't say force, but I mean, it almost seems like that's what it's trying to do is okay, you're trying to force a character who doesn't like it into liking it. It It's like, let him figure it out on his own, you know. Or and if he doesn't, fine. Big, no big deal. It's not hurting you. It's no loss. It's no skin off your back. You know, you go have fun doing what you want to do, and let him do what he wants to do. I mean, I guess uh, the whole live and let live mentality. I guess that's why. I, that's how. That's how I'm thinking of it.
1: Yeah. So. At any rate, I think we're going to go ahead and cut this short here. We're going to say that we're good for the, good for our episode. Um, you know, I, I think we've kind of kind of gotten everything out here for Steven Hillenberg. We've made our points with Grinch's cubed and where we think this should really stop. I'm, you know, I, I love Dr. Seuss, but really, I don't think we need another Grinch movie again. Period. It, it's yeah, we're we're beating a dead horse at this point. Stop. Yeah. Oh, stop, okay, really, just stop You know um, I get the Illumination and Universal Studios Are trying to make money, but You guys, go make another Kung Fu Panda movie, I don't care Make, <laughs> make another Shrek movie You know, come up with something else Just stop with the damn Grinch Alright, well
0: it i used to, back in youtube's heyday um before it became what it is now uh there was a uh person i used to watch on youtube uh his name i can't is the uh video movie critic or well I, I can't i think that was his name but i may be butchering it a bit yeah. but one of his when he finished out his video he would always his tagline was hollywood gives us more of what we pay for and it's true. As long as you keep paying for and this is what I tell my wife, I tell my friends, I tell, I tell my coworkers, look, if you're tired of this sort of thing, stop paying for it, stop seeing it, stop giving it money,
1: yeah, and they'll get the message. Yeah. Something. Otherwise, they're going to
0: continuously make more and more and more. From my understanding, I think from the way it looks to the, the Grinch, the, this version of the Grinch didn't make very much money. I don't I'm not sure I could be wrong, but you never know with DVD sales because those count the most when it comes to a project like that. So, you know, they may make some money. make a lot of their money back.
1: But looking, looking over it here, they they had a budget of seventy five million, um, and they've got a little over two hundred and four million here to date. Oh, so, okay. You know, so. they've made their money back. They've do- they've more than doubled it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now with the
0: merchandising, and then with the DVD sales, I'm sure they'll be prompt to make you know another one, if not make another Seuss movie. Which I'm, I think the Cat in the Hat is next, if I'm not
1: mistaken. Yeah, you know, I... Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll, we'll just leave this alone. You know, I, I, I love Dr. Seuss. Like I said, I grew up on Dr. Seuss. He's a San Diego native, so, you know, I love him for that. All the different stories that he had, this just needs to... Grinch needs to stop, really, just stop making more Grinch stuff, so... All right, folks. We're going to go ahead and sign off. Um, I want to thank you all for listening in. If you want to go out and check out more of our episodes, you can find us at MyGenerationPodcast.com. If you want to leave us a message, drop us a line, go ahead and write us at MyGenerationPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any show suggestions, if you have anything you want to say, tell us how horrible we are. Tell us how great we are. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. You know? And please go out there on iTunes and – Rate the podcast if you like the episodes that you're hearing. Tell us what you like about them. You know, click that five stars for us. It really helps us out there on boosting our ratings. So, um, and let us know what you think of.
0: I mean, we could be wrong about all. I'm I'm open to opinions. Just let let me know
1: and let us know what you think about our you know our opinions about this stuff. Yeah, because as I tell everybody, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one and they all stink. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) you know, if you if you love this film, go ahead and tell us why. Give us good reason, not just, well, I liked it, because at that point, you know, I'm sorry you sound like a Trump supporter. <laughs> oh, oh, that was cool to me, I know. <laughs> I know, and I'm sure I'm going to catch flack from that for people. Oh, you hate Trump. You know what? I mean, it's a joke. For God's sakes, let it go. It's a joke. Yes, it's a joke, people, alright? Yes, I'm not a fan of the man, but that's my own opinion, okay? Right. right. Like I said, like I said just said a minute ago, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one and they all stink. Yep. <laughs> all right. So with that, we'll go ahead and sign off. Have a good night. Thank you for listening.